I'm your host Denzel Dionso and you're listening to Shift. The show that brings in different people from different walks of life to discuss stories and ideas about human performance and wellness. The goal of Shift is to challenge you to change your mind, your body, and your life, and to give you tools that you can use to navigate your life better so you can think, feel, and perform at your best. Making a shift in your life can be difficult, but it's the only choice that we have if you truly want to make the most out of this existence. We're all meant to evolve and mold ourselves into a new shape. So my friend, let the shifts happen. Hey, what's going on? I hope you're all in well. Today's episode is a very special one because we are bringing in a Kundalini Yoga meditation and a sound healing teacher. As you know me, I'm not just all about lifting kettlebells and lifting weights. I'm also doing my best to integrate some of these modalities that I just mentioned in my own life. And I often say, you can have the best training program in the gym, you can eat the most nutritional dense foods in the world, but if you're not in alignment in your heart and in your mind, you're still going to feel distraught and you're, you're, you'll, you'll feel like you're navigating stress in a negative manner. And this is the exact reason why I invited someone to talk about Kundalini Yoga and how it has transformed his life from a person that has been identified from his old past now to working as a full-time Kundalini Yoga teacher it's such an inspiration to hear a story like that. His name is Nick Daez. Nick is a friend of mine. He is one of the coolest persons that I know, one of the best Kundalini Yoga teachers that I know, and I can attest to his level of expertise and his ability to teach. I have invited some of my friends to join in to his classes before, and so far they have really enjoyed his classes. I've tried his classes pre-COVID, I've tried his classes online during the quarantine period, and, you know, all of the experiences that I had with him are very profound. Some of some of you might say that Kundalini Yoga sounds strange, sounds weird, but I encourage you to try just at least once so that you can experience a different reality and have a different perspective when it comes to Kundalini Yoga and sound healing. I think sometimes we don't have enough time to go inward, to work for, to work ourselves enough to ask ourselves difficult questions. And I think Kundalini Yoga, meditation, and sound healing offers that unique opportunity to work inwards. Because, you know, sometimes I think we have this stigma and we have been programmed as a society to work hard all the time, to step on the gas all the time, and we don't have enough time to nourish ourselves. And this is one of the major topics that we also discussed during this episode and how Nick transformed and transitioned from a, from a, from a film director all the way to working as a full-time Kundalini Yoga teacher. So on this episode, we talked about what Kundalini Yoga is all about, why it is considered the yoga of awareness. Because... Um, I'm not really an advanced practitioner of yoga, but I would say that Kundalini Yoga offers a different kind of element that Vinyasa or Hatha or Ashtanga doesn't have. We also talked about his daily routine, what his favorite breathwork practices are. Um, We also talked about how he was raised as a child. And as I've mentioned earlier, I think as a society, we have a lot of programming from our past. And it takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of patience to work around that. And Nick is a person that has detached from his old identity and I would say he's still working on continuously every day and he's working on that courageously. And he doesn't want to be identified from that old past and that is the reason why he's such a great inspiration for for people who are wanting to change 
who are not who are who are basically experiencing an awakening who are experiencing somewhat of an of a transition or a major shift in their own life and in this episode we also talked about how he is growing in this pandemic as a person and also the the best practices when it comes to minimalism and how it has helped his own life so subscribe share this to other people who are needing support accountability especially those people who are experiencing uncertainties and anxiety during this very very delicate time in our world right now so don't forget to subscribe and share and also tag me on instagram at be well with denzel that's b-e-w-e-l-l w-i-t-h denzel d-e-n-z-e-l and at nick daez that's n-i-c-k-d-a-e-z and we'll be happy to repo some of your shares the more people that we 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 help the the better the world will be so very very thankful for your for holding space with us right now in this episode and i hope you enjoy so without further ado i'm bringing you the episode with the one and only nick dies all right welcome nikki in this uh, episode two of Shit, I'm very happy that you're actually here with me and agreeing to be a part of my podcast because, you know, for a time, we haven't really had the chance to sit down and talk, but I'm pretty aware of your journey, but only a gist, you know. So the reason why I brought you here was to really get an idea of, you know, what, what it led you to where you are right now. So maybe you can shed light to the listeners as to how you were actually uh, brought to this uh, yoga space? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess my journey really started uh, around six years ago. Mm-hmm. I was going through a difficult time in my life. And uh, yeah, I was pretty desperate, to be honest. Like, I mean, growing up, I wasn't really exposed to yoga and meditation. I was more like, you know, going out, drinking, um, just like escapist uh, tendencies. And uh, when those things stopped working for me, uh, I really felt like, okay, maybe I need to try something different. And I was sort of interested in meditation six years ago, but I wasn't really diving deep yet. But when one of my cousins invited me, uh, I actually went to her for advice and I said, I need, I want to learn more about meditation. And she invited me to this gathering of uh basically Hindu, it was a Hindu gathering. And I was like, yeah, so yeah let's, 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 I'll do it. So I went and it was pretty amazing. I mean, I really resonated with the meditations. Here in the Philippines or somewhere abroad? Here in the Philippines, actually. All right. um, and then when, after the class, a lot of them were uh, Kundalini yoga practitioners. And they said, hey, why don't you join a class? Uh, it's really amazing. So I went. It was actually the next day then. And yeah, I remember that that one that first class was super powerful. That it really like I felt something uh viscerally. Like it wasn't just uh an emotional, mental thing, it was everything, physical, emotional, spiritual, and I was hooked. Like I was going every day and uh it led me to uh India, to New Mexico to Bali and it never stopped like until now it's still <laughs> it's still going <laughs> so so can you help us paint the picture so what, was this your first time to really try any yoga class so this, this actually, is completely a completely new world for you actually well it was a new world to me but I did try like when I was in college I I tried uh, Ashtanga was my very first yoga class mm-hmm. and then I kind of like dabbled in vinyasa and um, Jiva Mukti and Yen, but just just to try it, it was never it never became my my solid practice. But as I did Kundalini, though, um, I did start to enjoy doing Vinyasa, doing Yen um, on a regular basis as well. So, for those listeners who are completely new to Kundalini Yoga, maybe can you uh, help them understand in the most basic terms that you can 
what is Kundalini Yoga? Because to be honest, when I was when when I first heard about it and when I first tried it, I think it was a class by Marisa. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I tried it in Anamkara, and then at that time I wasn't. I didn't really have an idea to how it's going to be, so I just mm. I just really dove into it, you know, tried it out. Then, for some reason, it was really challenging. Uh, so yeah, it's it, it, by your flavor, of being challenging. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, maybe you can talk about it more. Well, I think that's um, I totally understand what you mean by the flavor of dif- how difficult it is, because I think that's the reason why I like it so much, because it's so difficult. Yeah. Parang it's an ibay. Like I feel like so Kundalini Yoga, kasi compared to the other forms of yoga, is known as the yoga of awareness. Mm-hmm. So it is. I mean, all forms of yoga are meditative in itself, but this one we use a lot of mantras. Uh, we use a lot of uh, breath work, and then the movements are very different. They're not conventional. Because the thing is, with Kundalini Yoga, every class has a specific theme. Mm-hmm. So we can be the theme can be elevation or the lymphatic system or the digestive system, and you know the the thing with Kundalini Yoga, it's like they all like when I was doing my teacher training, they would they would always remind us this is designed to poke and provoke you, mm-hmm. like when you start, like when you can't, there's no growth when you're in your comfort zone, mm-hmm. like when you're actually getting triggered that's when you know it's working. And that, that, that's always stayed with me. And, mm-hmm. you know, even with my students, I always tell them, you know, your, your, your comfort zone is a luxury. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not there. You, you can't grow out of that. You know, you, you can only, it's, it's just, you know, if you feel comfortable within something, then that's just a gift. Yeah. But when you start to feel like, oh, I'm having such a hard time, like my mind's starting to go crazy, that's that's actually the point where you should really embrace it because that's when you're actually growing and expanding. Actually, funny because the show's name is shifted, and if there's one word that I could always remember you saying it during classes, it's the word you know, subtle shift. The subtle shift in energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, Synchronize. You know. So, so inga parang it's it has a different flavor of that challenge. So. Let, let's uh, no, take a few steps back into your story as to how you were actually raised. You said that you, you were coping with a lot of struggles with your life. So yeah. maybe you can talk about it more. Well, I mean, like, you know, I think like I was, I was like, I was raised typically like, like most, like, like, like most guys, like my parents were, you know, like generally pretty strict, very conservative. Like they were, um, you know, Catholic and my dad's family were Opus Dei. So it's a, an even more conservative um, sect of the Catholic Church. So I went to Ateneo all my life and, you know, I was really encouraged to uh, be part of um, sports. Like I was always in a varsity team, basketball, track and field. And uh, you, we were expected to do well in school. So, you know, like my all my friends were of the same uh, backgrounds and you know I, like I said you were always you were like the things that you were um, you weren't really like raised to like I guess question or to even like uh, um, to even like entertain other spiritual modalities like there wasn't even an option like, like it wasn't even there so like you know like we would just go out a lot and you know um, have fun and you know, when the challenges that I was facing at that time, like uh, six years ago, I was, my marriage was ending. So that was really a difficult time in my life. And you would, you know, there was that stigma pa that like, you know, like, oh, your marriage failed. You know, mm-hmm. you failed. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that really kind of like, I guess, destroyed my um, reality. And I felt like this can't be it. Like, if this is going to be my identity, then that I've failed. That's why parang when I was introduced to meditation, to Kundalini Yoga, um, this was a whole new world to me. Like, you know, like from the mindset of like, go, 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 um, do your best. And at that time, my career was sort of like taking off. Eh? And I was an entrepreneur and I was a director for commercials and documentaries. And But that whole life was also so different. You know, it was also so 
<laughs> I mean, admittedly, very toxic. Like, parang you would always be constantly busy, you know, like hustling. And I mean, you know, it, it served its purpose at the time. But I think, like, when that shift happened, I started realizing that, okay, like, you know, life isn't just about grinding and making money. It's about, you know, like going within, helping other people um, and, and serving other people. Yeah, actually, so was a- uh, yeah, I was in a podcast earlier this morning with Sam Kapunan. She's actually in the U.S. as well. And you, ha- you guys have a similar story in a sense that she also had this grind out phase in her life. And then all of a sudden, she had this awakening moment in herself na parang she had to take this very intensive holistic training to just, you know, go inward and just see what's really going on inside herself. So I think it's pretty similar in a sense. No? So it's just a wonderful story to begin with. But I'm happy that you shared this story because not a lot of people will actually take that uh, courageous path to, you know, you were saying that your career was actually taking off at that time. Yeah. But using this, um, this, this path that's not really that conventional, it's something that parang you know, it's, it's, it's something courageous. It's a very difficult path. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like, it took me like six years ago, I would say, maybe just until this year. This year was the only time I really started embracing um, being a teacher. Mm-hmm. Because like, I felt like the last uh, um, five years, I was really shuffling back and forth. Like, parang I still had my company. I would still direct. But even if I didn't really like it anymore, like, I felt the obligation to do it because it was there. Like, it, it, you know, it paid well. It was, it was established already. Parang a lot of people... And I didn't... Honestly, I wasn't really supported by my family. Like, a lot of my... Only a few friends really understood what I was going through. But, you know, I guess, like, it was hard. Eh? Like, imagine your family was like, why don't you do both? Like, you know, just teach and be a director, run your company. But, you know, like me, because I always, I was always the type to like pursue things because I love them. This one was very difficult because like it didn't pay as great, you know, like, I mean, it was, it wasn't like, I'm not going to get rich teaching, but it really was a process. And looking back, it's, you need it. You need to go through it. Like you, you will doubt yourself. You will feel like, am I doing this? Is this the right thing to do? Mm. But now at like, if you ask me at this very moment, like I'm, I'm in it hundred yeah. percent. Like the, the, yeah. I would say that I really resonate with you because right now, as, as we are speaking right now, I'm in that phase. Eh, na parang, I want to do something because I have a family business as well. Yeah. with. So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's just that I just want to ask if you have gotten that stigma from other people na ah, parang, ah, he's a yoga teacher, parang he's not gonna actually, you know, be established as compared to being just a film director. Or Did you get that stigma? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. That's why it was such a struggle because, like, I heard that every day. Mm-hmm. Parang especially from my family, like, some of them would, like, Actually, yeah, some of them, instead of asking me, like, oh, how was your class? How was your workshop? Yeah. They'd be like, how much money did you make? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, you know, parang it, it made me feel a lot of, like, um, self-doubt and even shame. Like, parang, am I really going to be defined by my work? Mm-hmm. But, like, ironically, when the pandemic started, um, that's when I really had to get out of my comfort zone because I'm not used to teaching online like I don't like being in front of the camera but you know like I remember like I was talking to my brother and he was like well you're gonna have to do it if not what are you gonna do how are you gonna teach you're gonna have to direct like remotely or go to shoots or do something different so I had to bite the bullet and like it took me a couple of months to get used to it but I haven't I've never been busier Hmm. like I mean now I guess a lot of people really need um you know like Support, healing, grounding, and, you know, it's been great. I mean, I I do miss teaching face-to-face, but this is the new reality. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I really tried to embrace it. And I'm really happy. I'm really happy. Like, it's been taking care of me. Um, Of course, spiritually, you know, it makes me feel 
a lot of fulfillment and purpose, but it's also been taking care of me financially as well, so which is yeah. amazing. Same with me. Uh, during this quarantine period, um, it took it gave me the chance to really give my best and do all out talaga when it comes to teaching. Because teaching is also my passion. I think that's my gift. You know? And it's all about paying it forward, contributing to the world. Exactly. What your gift is. Eh? Yeah. So I know what you're going through, especially when you're trying to get that middle ground between who you were before versus where you are right now. Especially if there's people, other factors coming in. So, yeah. Uh, so, so, Nikki, where you are right now in terms of your mindset, your state, current state right now, where are you? Well, you know, honestly, like, I think now it's, I'm trying to find like the, the balance between, um, you know, giving 100% and being in a very relaxed space. Because I, I think, you know, innately, I, I, I'm wired to work really hard, to always give 110%. But I also realize that that's not sustainable. So like, like, like the past couple of weeks, I've been experimenting with my schedules. Like, you know, before, because I was teaching like twice a day, and then I would do the podcast, pa, and then, you know, like, you know, I feel like I'm a one-man studio because I'm not just teaching. I'm like, you know, like promoting it, making my marketing collaterals, I'm doing accounting, I'm, you know, doing sales. It's a lot of, it's a lot of work. So parang now, like, like, like parang last week, like this past week, I just decided, okay, I'm, I'm just going to teach the meditations, the 20-minute ones in the evening from Mondays to Fridays. And then from Friday to Sunday, I'll teach uh, two yoga classes so classes a day mm-hmm. and so far it's been great to be honest like I mean I, I think it's a it gives me a lot more time for myself it makes me appreciate like my my downtime you know there's still that guilt sometimes that I could do more but I think like I'm doing better in terms of like uh, finding that um, I guess balance and the quality of life I don't think it's about grinding like, yeah, you gotta find I mean, what's the point of working if you're not going to have time to enjoy it, right? That's right. And like now, I've been really enjoying painting and just writing, just being doing nothing, you know? Like, it's just, when, when else are you going to have this, this? It's a luxury to be able to have time. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's really important. Actually, that's one of the things that I always, you know, whenever I talk to people, I think a lot of us have become too serious about life. Yeah, super, super. Too hard. Super. It, I mean, working for a goal would obviously be important, especially if you have that purpose that you want. It's just that I think sometimes we have become misled by this notion that, you know, we should sleep when we're dead, you know, we're not going to stop. So. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think that when you say that that line, like sleep when you're dead, like that's actually the, the opposite of that is like my, I guess my, my philosophy. Mm-hmm. Like I always, when, when I'm feeling like I'm too busy, like I'm, losing my way i always tell myself like or i ask myself if i was gonna die tomorrow am i living the life i want Mm -hmm. like for me that's sort of the it creates this like perspective okay like i'm i think i'm living the life i want or if i'm not living the life i want okay i'm gonna slow down actually like so sometimes i think you know like that is the perfect question to ask yourself Kasi if your answer to that question would be a yes, then well and good, you can grind all day, diba? Exactly, exactly. If your answer is no, but at the same time, you're still forcing yourself in a situation that you don't even like. Then that's another situation. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Eh? Like, parang, and I've realized this, you know, like, why do you work so hard? Because you want to make more money. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to make more money? Because you want to maintain a certain lifestyle. Does that lifestyle help you? Does it serve you? Does it make mm-hmm. you happy? And I've realized in this, um, you know, we've been in lockdown for a long time. Like, like I don't need much, you know, like you would think that, oh, you got to go out, eat out or like buy stuff. But in reality, what are you buying? Like, parang I had this phase like lately, like of wanting to buy a lot of stuff online. But then I realized like, why am I buying clothes? Pal? Like, I'm not going out naman, di ba? Yeah. But you realize it's just a way to fill a void, to like fill... Um, the distraction mm-hmm. and you know like when you realize that that you don't need to spend that much then you don't need to work as much rent 
then you have more time to like read, to watch movies, which or to spend time with friends and family. Like I mean, it's really, really, it's a, it's a constant like questioning, talaga, and it's never gonna be straight. It's up and down. And people, I would, I would assume that so many people would have a hard time answering that to themselves. When you ask them, so, uh, why are you really working that hard? And yeah. for, for some people, it might really take some time for them to arrive to an answer. Super, super hard. And like, I think is like, I think like, you know, because we're, we, I guess we both don't have like our own kids. We don't have families yet. That's that's a whole, we're 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 lucky in that sense. Eh? But I guess if you do have those responsibilities, that's when you're gonna really have to like figure out okay, what is enough for my family? Correct. What is enough? And you know, like I was raised to like, um, I guess enjoy nice things. But like, I also realized more and more that you don't need a lot of nice things. Like, parang it's an indulgent talaga. It's an indulgence talaga. Like you really need to be able to discern. And I think that's sort of a that's something I'm learning just now, like to learn how to discern, do I really want this? Like, you know, parang I'm, I'm one kasi to really give in to impulses, but like now, parang if I see like a pair of glasses that I want, like now I try to like, okay, let's sit on it. Do I really need this? I mean, hmm. I already have glasses. Well, like what's the point of buying something new when you're not even really going out? You know, like it's, it's, it's. I mean, I catch myself in that position as well. Whenever you know, I crave for a certain thing, no. But, yeah. Um, sometimes it it's it's coming from you. You want you're, you're seeking validation from other people. Oh yeah. As well as parang it's stemming from the fact that there's a lot of competition going around. So parang you're you're sort of wanting to get ahead of everyone to say yeah. I I'm this, you know. You're, you're yeah. Actually, your identity, na you want you you're you're sort of saying I want to become like this. Like this exactly. person, you know. Yeah, no, exactly. I totally agree. I feel like that's the tough part about I think life these days. Like, mm. especially this, now that we're home, you know, we're more glued. I think into our phones, social media, you know, mindless scrolling, and you know, you can't help but compare. Parang you're. Yeah. So, like, I mean, you know, it's really. I think that's one of the greatest challenges that humanity is facing now. To be honest, like, it's really. It, you know, there's scientific studies that show that it is addicting. And, you know, it, it, really, it really messes with your mind. And it, it, it really, not just your mind, but it affects your habits, your spending habits, your, you know, the way you consume. And it's, but at the same time, it allows us to be connected this way, right? Like, I mean, to to inspire people. So it's a double-edged sword. So find, like, like for example, like, last yesterday, I was so, like, I was hooked on my phone the whole day. Yeah. And I was aware of it, but I, I, don't, I was like, whatever, I'm just going to stay on this. Mm-hmm. But today, I'm not going to go, like, I'm not going to scroll through my feed. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm, like parang I need to really hit the brakes yeah. hard. Because if not, it's going to take over my life. And mm-hmm. it's going to be an obsession. And it is an obsession already. So, you know, that's a, it's really a, it's, you need to be mindful. And you need to make, you need to do the work. You need to make an effort to get off it. Yeah. Even though it's in your phone lang. Parang it's, it's part of the... I think it's part of the process. Actually, for me, social media could be a good instrument, just depending on how you use it. Exactly. It's called intentional scrolling or yeah, or whatever you want to call it. Because for me, what I did was my Facebook account was born for personal stuff like family, friends. My Instagram, I don't follow like my acquaintances or casual friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the profiles that I follow on Instagram are just the the people that I get value from, teachers, yeah, uh, you know, those advocates about wellness. So, I get you. Yeah. I think I'm like, like mine's that, that way too. Like I've curated my Facebook and Instagram feeds to just follow people that mm-hmm. are positive, that inspire me. Mm-hmm. But I think like, I don't know, like parang I guess, I, I, I think I do have an addictive personality. So like, even if they're all good sources of information, like sometimes you're like mindlessly scrolling through it, like, trying to get like a dopamine hit, yeah. you know, like, I mean, I think that's the thing. Eh? Like sometimes you want yeah. to go through like a, like me, I try to like, like today is like my dopamine fast. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to get any stimulation from anything. Cause like, I feel like it, 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 it affects your nerves. It affects your, your way, the way you actually absorb um, information. 
and it's nothing personal. If I don't follow you, it doesn't mean that I don't. Yeah, it's not. No, no. That's 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 for me. That's crazy. Like if you're gonna take it personally, like barang, that's that's you're you're in deep you're in deep trouble. Like if you're gonna take it personally, if people follow you and stuff. And speaking of uh, scrolling through our feed, that that all boils down to we're conserving our own energy. And with Kundalini Yoga, it's all about that energy. Yeah. Everything that we do, even this, you know. This podcast interview is all about the exchange of energy. Exactly. So exactly. if we're always on our phones, just scrolling on our feed, we're giving out energy. So some, you are. Sometimes we need to like just step back and then put down our phones, just go inward. Yeah, I think I think you know I'm really well. Maybe it's it's gonna have to come from us, but like I'm hoping that like as we move forward, like in this new normal, like. Um, you know, hopefully the government, like the private sectors, especially like, I guess the scientific um, and medical industries will start like giving more, um, I guess, like, I guess steps to help people like, you know, be more mindful about, you know, social media use because, you know, it's, it's dangerous. Eh? Like it really is a slippery slope. So hopefully it can, you know, apparently like give, you know, like, I guess like create boundaries, like a being your phone lung for, maybe a couple of minutes a day and take a break every few days. Because uh, people aren't talking about this. People aren't giving like um, tips on really how to like disengage and create healthy habits around social media, which I think is so important. And it's hard to say, like, if you're a teacher like me, coaches, and a coach as well, I actually use my social media as a platform for educate, educating people. If not actually for that, I won't have a social yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Same, same for me. And like, parang you're like, we're part of the machine. Eh? Uh, but like, how do you create like, um, you know, good habits by yes. within this, within this new um, space? Right? So Nikki, uh, can you walk us through as to what's your daily routine like? And what are your favorite routines or rituals? Well, okay. So like, I'll give you like a bad Let's start with the bad. Like, I mean, like, because I, I don't have I guess, Yeah, my routines change from day to day. But like, you know, a bad routine would be like waking up really late, you know, like at around like noon because I slept like at three. And then, you know, like uh, I'm basically on my phone. Mm-hmm. And then I'm jumping on my phone. I'm already scrolling at the same time. I'm like promoting my classes. And then, you know, like, and then I'm... I'm doing a lot of things at the same time. I'm watching YouTube, I'm watching podcasts, I'm texting people and, you know, like, uh, that's, that's sort of a bad, that's like a bad day. That's like totally like scattered, but a good day would be waking up pretty early. Um, I'll meditate right when I wake up and um, I'll go outside first. Like I'll go um, to the garden. I'll, if it's a sunny day, I'll stay out, get some sun for like 20, uh, 30 minutes. And I'll just ground, like I'll go barefoot in the grass and then I'll, I'll work out outside. I won't even work out inside. I'll work out outside, like without my shirt on so that I'm getting more sun. And then I'll do like, um, I'll do some weights, jump rope, and then I'll do like uh, yoga, like just very intuitive. I won't follow anything, just stretch my body and I'll, you know, eat, eat well, eat more vegetables, like have a bit of protein. And uh, I'll read, I'll try to get, I, I try to carve time, like an hour of just reading, like different kinds of books. Yeah. And uh, I'll, um, you know, I'll, I'll do work, but like, it's very mindful. Like I'll, I'll only work for like an hour, two hours. And then, you know, my, my classes cause they're usually at night. So, you know, like I'll, I'll teach. And then while I'm winding down, I'll, I'll try to just like, uh, you know, watch a movie. And for me, that's an ideal balanced day. Mm-hmm. Like I, I got those are the rituals that I really like when I'm able to meditate. Sometimes I meditate twice a day. Um, I'll practice, you know, yoga, like lift weights, and uh, you know, like paint as well. Painting I think is really good for me. It's one of my favorite rituals, and to connect with a friend, you know, just to talk, just to open up and stuff. Those are my ideal days, mm-hmm. but it's it's a uh, you know that doesn't always happen. Yeah. You know, it's really a, it's really a challenge, and I think for me, like I'm, I'm you know I tend to be harden myself when it comes to like rituals like it's not perfection you know it's a pursuit of perfection it's just a process of you know like unwinding and you know doing nothing and doing a lot so 
you know, you just have to be kind to yourself when it comes to that. What, what does your meditation practice look like? Is it like a combination of different Kundalini yoga? Uh, yeah, def- definitely. Like I, I try to like, I do Kundalini meditations, but I also do like uh, the, the Vipassana meditation as well. Like I try to do body scanning, um, the visualizing the breath. And uh, sometimes I like just being quiet, like more like a Zen meditation. And, uh, but yeah, I try to change it up, but also I try to like maintain certain styles to like build on it. And I also change the duration. Like sometimes I do really short ones, like two minutes. Sometimes I'll do 11, sometimes I'll do 20, sometimes I'll do 30. I mean, I think that's for me, the variety and the, the consistency is important. But like um, at the same time, parang, I guess lately I've also been approaching um, like, like let's say washing dishes is for me a very meditative thing or um, when I'm like outside in the garden, I'm just like looking at the sun. Like that for me is a meditation in itself. Even like, like, like lately, like playing basketball, like yeah, since I'm staying in my mom's house, she has a basketball court here, like shooting hoops, like is for me a very meditative experience. And I think that's what you want. That you want to be able to like the meditative experience to be to spill over very mundane things. And I think that's, that's important. Actually, yeah, that's, I think, one very big misconception that people have when it comes to meditation is that you need to silence your mind. And no, no. So, so, yeah, being a meditation teacher and a Kundalini Yoga teacher, can you, like, give people an understanding or, you know, maybe, let's say someone approaches you, hey, Nikki, what's meditation all about? Can you maybe walk us through as to how you'd approach that conversation? Well, I think I always tell like my students that meditation is like uh, working out. Like if you haven't meditated before and you're going to start meditating, you need to, you need to enter it with a beginner's mind. Cause like when you like analogy, I like to put it, it's like with a muscle, you know, if you've never lifted a weight before, mm-hmm. like, of course you're going to struggle, you know, it's going to take a lot of time before you can start developing the, the strength to lift weights. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with meditation. Um, you need to practice. You need to put in the work. It's not going to be perfect. It's all it, like it's the thing. You know, the thing is like people expect like when you meditate, it's going to be oh, automatic. You're going to be able to silence your mind, but it's not that. Though. Like silencing your mind is is just part of the process, mm-hmm. but it's not the end goal because there's no goal. It's just more of like getting to know the way your mind works. It's it's being able to um, find insights within the noise. It's being able to harness your mind so you can, you know, like not get take, not get overwhelmed by, you know, obsessive thinking or by obsessive ruminating. Um, it's just really being able to, I guess, be more in control, yeah. you know, because like sometimes like a lot of people, they tell me, oh, I, my mind's just racing so much. And, you know, the thing is, our minds are always going to race. But if you're able to like sort of harness that, take a step back, watch how your thoughts are playing out. That that's already the that's already the benefit of the practice. Because eh? you're able to navigate through it and you're able to sort of select and okay, I'm having a hard time right now. I'm overthinking, but I'm gonna take a step back. And I'm gonna watch how this plays out and I'm gonna see how am I supposed to tackle this? How am I supposed to um what insights can I get from this? Like that's really the the job of the mind is to think. So, yeah, why are you going to stop it, diba? So if we could like see ourselves apart from that, like give a bird's eye view of everything. That I think is the practice of meditation. Exactly, or, exactly. So, I mean, you know, there are levels to it then. Like you can go really, really deep into it. and But you know, like I, I think that you got to find balance because uh, like meditation can be an escape as well. Like not wanting to engage in the real world and just staying in that heightened state of awareness. I mean, I've been there. Like, it's just, it is addicting too. So I think it's really trying to find is that, the middle ground. Is that healthy? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. I think it's like, parang, oh, with all things, I mean, we are human beings. We are social beings. And it is a human experience to, you know, face challenges. And I think it, it, it varies from person to person. But you got to find that sweet spot. Like, what is a balanced life for you? 
Yeah, that's certainly. Ito, Nikki, may, may question ako. Uh, di ba, we talked about the comparison or a very good analogy between lifting weights and meditation. And it's simple, it's pretty easy for a lot of people to have an objective measurement or when it comes to gym. Kasi di ba, when you, when you go to the gym after a few months, you'd expect you'll gain muscle. Yeah. You, you'll, you'll compare your before and after pictures. So it's fairly easy to have that basis. Eh? True. When it comes to meditation, since it's very big no? and we can see it from from the naked eye, how would you like tell a person or in your own experience, na lang, how how did you come across this realization? Na, ah, my meditation practice, I think, is working. You know. Yeah, you know, I actually tell um, for me in my experience, it's stopping. Hmm. Like you, like I remember, like I would go months of constant meditation. And, you know, at first you don't, I mean, like you don't really realize now, oh, is this helping me? But like, I remember when I would stop, like I would go like a couple of days or even weeks of stopping meditation from constant meditation. Huh? Like that's when you realize, oh, wow. Okay. That, it was really big difference. Like it's night and day. I mean, that's what I always tell my students. Like if you're starting off like for a week, try it for a minute when you wake up in the morning. Do it right before you sleep. Stay in bed. Don't even leave. Do it for a week and then the next week, stop. Stop. And you're going to see the difference. Like, 100%. Because you can, for me, that's really always my experience. And I guess that's the irony of it. Like, you, the only way you're going to be able to appreciate it is when it's not there. Yes. You know, the, 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 that's the, I guess, the beauty of hindsight. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, like, I guess because we're, we're human and, you know, we, we do get bored. We do feel like sometimes like, oh, is this, there's, is this still like helping me? But when you remove that, yes. that practice from your life, mm-hmm. that's when you're really going to see that, okay, this is really helping me. Pala talaga. Yeah. And I love talking about how the universe actually works in polarities, meaning to say, or dualities. Yeah. Parang, we can't really know what happiness feels like if we don't know what sadness or grief. Exactly. Exactly. Both of the bo- both of those uh, words actually are relative to each other. Yeah, like I feel like, parang you know, I all, I love that. Um, there's, there's this 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 quote that you know every moment is the guru. Mm. You know, every mistake, every emotion, every pain, every moment of bliss is you know a teacher. It is it's it's happening perfectly. And you know, for a lot of people, it's like oh, that's such hippie stuff. You know, but I mean. I would rather see it that way than see it from a point of nihilism or uh, pessimism. I would like to, I would like to believe that there's some grand scheme that's interconnected that is happening that everything is happening perfectly that you know it, it's not random and mm-hmm. I would rather see things that way than think that oh this is just some mm-hmm. random occurrence some random pain or random moment of suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before I forget this question, what is the purpose of mantras? Just so I think people are so, you know, weirded out by hearing mantras, especially if you're a beginner. So yeah. you can help people understand as well. Like, well, or- mantras are mantras are really there to um, cut through emotional and mental patterns. I mean, that's really the the main purpose of it. If you look back at like, uh, you know, like the, the Indian um, practices with with Hinduism, even with Sikhism, mm-hmm. but you know, like it's but to, to ground it even more, a mantra is a positive affirmation. Uh-huh. It's the same concept as like saying, I can do it, I'm strong, I'm beautiful, I'm powerful. And if you even want to liken it to like a religious experience, like if you're Catholic, it's like prayer. You mm-hmm. know, like it, you know, when you pray, then you pray the rosary, that those are mantras. I mean, those are powerful mantras. Like it's really that. Eh? Like, I mean, imagine, you know, like. I'll give an example. Like if let's say like you're let's say when you go through your days, you're always worrying. You're always like, oh my God, what am I doing? Um, am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? I'm such a failure. Imagine the kind of like wiring you're doing to your brain with that kind of thinking. You know, you're really affecting your nervous system, you're affecting your immune system, you're affecting your your emotions and your physical, your physical body it's at the same time. But if let's say you're using a mantra like the like in kundalini yoga it's satnam truth is my identity 
if you're using that mantra throughout the day, like you're priming, you're rewiring your brain to think that uh, truth is your identity. Mm-hmm. So that's like, you know, that's, 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 that's neuroplasticity, you know, like there are scientific studies already with that that show that, you know, you can rewire your brain. You can change your mindset from like a scarcity mindset to like a um, prosperity mindset. So and, it's only but, that. I don't know if you know Joe Dispenza. Yeah, yeah, of course. A lot about this. Especially that person that actually can bridge the gap between science and the spiritual field. So it's a kind of a wonderful thing. It really is. It really is. I mean, like for me, it's all about that. You're conditioning your mind. Hmm. That's why, like, yeah. you, you like so that's why mantras are are powerful. You know, like they're not just there. You're not invoking anything. You're just priming your 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 brain, your consciousness, to get into a higher frequency. And speaking of mantras, I don't know if you've read the book, uh, the the Four Agreements by yeah, yeah. Uh, The first yeah. agreement was actually be impeccable with your word. Yep. yep. Mantras are just really words that you tell yourself so that you can program your subconscious. And it's, yeah. it takes a lot of hard work and it's not easy. It's work. It's not easy. Especially if you were if you were programmed mm. to like be competitive, to be, you know, very paranoid. That's that's hard. That's like you gotta unlearn that. But it is possible, but it takes a lot of work. Yes. yes. That's the thing. Like I think being in this um space of wellness and spirituality people think it's all like you know love and light but it takes a lot of work to mm-hmm. stay in that 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 frequency all right nikki so before we end the podcast i just want to ask what what is that thing that you wish you want to achieve right now i mean i know we're talking about goals and it might sound like for some people you know we don't want to say that achieving your goals is is not important I think goals are very important. But I just want to ask you, like, in terms of where you are right now, what is that one thing that you wish you want to achieve? You know, I think for me now, like, I, I know, like, in a, in a broad perspective, like, the, the, my, my, my calling is to serve other people. Mm-hmm. But, like, I know that it's, it's not just in teaching. And I think, like, uh, now I'm really trying to tap into I guess my, my my own creativity you know like I am you know I used to be a filmmaker so like I think it's always gonna be there so I think that like I want to be able to sort of like experiment more you know like with the form and, and try to see how I can you know like transcend the the normal way of teaching you know mm-hmm. like not just like adhering and conforming with what's there but trying to create something experimental you know like and to, to, to take a risk you know, be it with like the way I teach, with the way I paint. I think it's more pushing the boundaries. I think those are the goals I'm really trying to. Um, it's it's more creative freedom mm-hmm. and creative satisfaction. Yeah. Knowing that I'm not just, you know, like I guess settling with this same style or the same way of teaching and learning. I think it's really more pushing the boundaries because it is scary because you don't know if it will resonate with people. And, you know, if you don't resonate with people, then what's the point, Deva? And for me, that's sort of what you want. You want to affect people. And mm-hmm. I think that's sort of where I'm at now to be able to uh, push that and see the, you know, what are the, like, the, the limits and what are, like, how, what, how can I break those limits? All right. Well, Nikki, uh, this is your chance to actually tell the listeners where can they find you, maybe tell them about your classes. Yeah. So um, I, you can find all of my classes on, I usually post them on, my Instagram. So my Instagram's uh, Nick Daez, N-I-C-K-D-A-E-Z. And I, I teach pretty much every day. Like I teach uh, um, audio-only meditation classes on Zoom, which is pretty much every night at 8.30. And then I teach uh, Kundalini yoga classes, uh, usually from Fridays to Sundays and uh, twice a day. Mm-hmm. So I also do, I also, I'm going to be offering workshops as well. And um, private sections online, of course. But yeah, you can find me on Instagram. All right. Thanks, man. Uh, I, I, I just want to honor you, Nikki, for your time right now and for also contributing to the well-being of, our, of, 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 of the world. You know? so, and for those, pe- for those people who are listening, I invite you also to take part. Try lang. Try at least one class of 
Nikki and see how it goes for you. You know, say uh, when I started actually when I first entered your class, I didn't get that intimidation because sometimes when you go to a Kundalini class, it might feel yeah you know uh, frightening or yeah. some people might feel anxiety. What is this all about? You know yeah. You I just felt that sense of safe in safety. Na parang you create this safe space for everyone, whether you're a beginner or whether you are an experienced practitioner. Parang you just have that aura na parang you just wanna welcome everyone. Eh. And uh, thank you, bro. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you, and thanks for having me on the podcast too. Really looking enjoy forward, talking. I'm looking forward to joining some of your classes soon with Fritz and Ciela. Yeah, man. Yeah, game, 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 game. Sige, thanks, sige. man. This was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you, man. Take care. See you, bro. Take care. Hey, I hope you really had a wonderful time listening in to our conversation. It, w- it was a great time speaking with Nick. If you haven't, please tag us on Instagram at nickdies and at bewellwithdenzel. Please don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast episode to your family, to your friends, or to anyone that comes into your mind that is needing support and accountability in their wellness. This show is really all about that. It has no agenda besides helping people reach a new level of performance to actually regain their vitality and their energy it's not just all about fitness it's not just all about the food you eat it's all about your relationship with yourself it's all about your relationship to your world and to the people around you and that is why i'm very excited to bring in more guests in the in the next couple of weeks and if you have any suggestion on who can i interview please also drop me a dm on instagram and I'll be happy to reach them out and invite them on the show and talk about their stories and how we can actually help the world. So I'll see you again next week for a new episode. It's going to be a very fun ride with you guys. Again, please don't forget to shift your perspective, shift your body, shift your mind, and shift your life. Take care.